Yo, what's going on, everybody, for another episode of Should I Play That? Christian Rock. What's going on, guys? What's up, Rod? How you doing? Good, good. Very good, especially after that intro. I am awake. I'm very awake. I mean, we, we take these things pretty late, so we gotta, you know, we gotta do something to, you know, kick it up into the gear to keep this, keep this entertaining for the folks listening to this, either on, you know, your way to work, while you're working out, while you're grocery shopping, while you're feeding your kids, while you're painting the garage. I don't know. But you're listening to us, and that's what matters. Yeah, all all relatable tasks. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 while you're playing video games. Ah, some, so, some would say the best way to listen to a podcast. Is it, though? I Depends on the game. Depends on the game. <laughs> Because, I don't know, yeah, because I feel like if I'm playing something like Overwatch or, like, some sort of, like, team-oriented game, I'm not really, I'm barely listening to my teammates, so. Like, I would, if I'm playing quick play, like, this is something that I'll do, like, if I'm playing quick play on Overwatch, like, I'll just put on my Discover Weekly from Spotify and, like, just kind of get through that playlist. And it's, like, you know, two hours, so it's, like, I really want to get through this. But I don't want to like look at the wall while I'm like listening to music. So like, you know, I'll just uh, and I can't I can't read and listen to music at the same time because I'm like actually listening to the music. So playing Overwatch on Quick Play is a pretty great way to do it. Or Rocket League, that's the perfect Rocket League. Yeah, yeah that's a really good one. Yeah, those are my two go tos. I think for me, if I'm gonna like sit back and listen to music, it's got it's got to be some sort of game that is like open world. That I could really do whatever, and like I could somehow get like the flow of the music to go with the flow of the game. Hmm. So you sounds like you need to play a Tetsuya Mizuguchi game. Listen, so <laughs> I was watching a video, and I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently, if you play Dark Souls, uh-huh. the or any of the Souls games, um, the like the the cadence of the music and everything, like they like the the bosses like attack based on the music. Wait, wait, Dark Souls? Or is it, wait, Dark Souls. Yes, Dark Souls, um, Bloodborne, you, like all of those games. Are you sure you're not talking about like Res and like those games? No, like they went in like detail about how each boss has like certain musical cues that they'll attack based off of. And then there's a certain boss called um, so, like something about like time or something like that. I don't remember the name. Okay. But they specifically, they attack offbeat to the music. So if you picked up on, like, like musical cues while you're playing the game, right. and you're using that to fight the bosses, by the time that you got to this boss and they weren't attacking on beat, it would throw you off. Huh. I got to find the video. Like, this, yeah. it was a, yeah, there was a video of someone talking about that, and I was like, dang. Like, that's really deep. Yeah. I, that's surprising. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Go ahead. Uh, it's really surprising because, like, I, Dark Souls is known, or the Souls games in general are known for their lack of music, except for boss battles. So, exactly. yeah. Huh. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So I guess they were specific because once again, I don't, I don't really play the game, so I wouldn't know if there's music while you're playing the games. But uh, they were talking about the boss battles specifically, so I'm guessing that's what they were talking about. Was that while you're fighting bosses, the music actually. Uh, goes with the boss's movements and how they attack. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds cool. Like I'm, I'm interested to see that video. And now that I'm thinking about it and especially having played Sekiro for like very recently, um, yeah, that, that does, that, that could make some sense. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, it's episode 13. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How are you doing this week? Um, this is should I play that? It's a gaming podcast. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor FM, and our home on Facebook. Go ahead and follow us. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And, you know, join the team. Join the fam. That's what it's all about, the community. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Rod, how have you been, man? It's been a, it's been a whole week. A whole week. An entire seven days since last we spoke. Yeah. Um, that that's oh, not true at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I've been I've been good. The gaming has been light but intense as we will soon find out. Okay. So I guess with that, if you haven't listened to us before, what we like doing is we like starting the week off with a small segment. <laughs> I say small, but last week, oh boy. Man, what a good worship and plan we had last week. But, yeah, it was fantastic. But yeah, what we like doing is we like recapping what we've been playing recently, and it's called Worship and Plan. So, Rod, what you been playing? I have been playing Life is Strange 2, Episode 3. So last week I mentioned that I kind of had to play through half of the second episode after accidentally wiping my save. And, uh, but it just, it was good because it got me to kind of reminisce about, not reminisce, but just experience the story again. And something that I m- mentioned last week, uh, was that, you know, I really appreciated how the story seemed to, you know, it, it, it seemed to be a little different depending on, you know, the choices that you make, like kind of significantly different. Like it's, 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 well, maybe not significantly, but the strings are less visible this time around. And I feel like now having played the third entry, finally, um, it's been great because the, we're halfway through the story now. This is supposed to be kind of like the dark middle chapter and boy, does it get dark. Like the, this, this game already kind of starts in a, in a kind of, dark place but uh, i mean the series in general i would say is is that way but but man we go to some we we dig into some depths here like it just feels grimy but not in like a uh, an unappealing or bad way but just in a way where it's like man they're really like the writers are really leaving everything out on the table here so just real quick uh i, I can't talk about this game without giving away like the premise of it so if you have not played episode three skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to know the premise i'm not going to spoil anything regarding the story but i have to be able to talk about the at least where you are at least on the outskirts um so you start this game and you're still with your brother and you are on the run if you have not played at all um, you're you're on the run from the law, and you essentially have to. Your brother has powers that he does not know how to use, um, and you don't really understand it either. So you have to be a big brother. You have to be a father figure. You have to be like everything to him uh, 
that you can be. And it's a very, it's a road trip story. And this is something that they've talked, don't not has talked about, um, prior to this game's release. So that's not really a surprise. Um, like every single episode was going to kind of take place somewhere different. It's going to have a different theme. It's going to be, really have a road trip, um, motif. And so this, this, they have delivered on that so far. You get a vast, um, array of characters specifically here in this episode you generally stay in one central location um so far i would say the first two episodes did have you like literally traveling a lot this one has you kind of staying in one particular spot with a particular set of people um you kind of join this hippie community um ah, maybe hippie is a little wrong they're they're like kind of they're kind of like maybe the modern day equivalent. Um, I don't know. They're like kind of punkish sort of. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just butchering that because hippies are not punks really. <laughs> but just the general idea of like you're being – these these kids are free. Um, and they're not kids I guess. They're like young adults. But still like they're they're living kind of like off the land and they're doing like work at this weed farm. Um and, you know, it's they're getting paid under the table, but they're living kind of like out in the woods and without like rules, like society's rules, just kind of under their own. And so immediately it kind of puts you in like an uncomfortable position because like the main characters kind of have never experienced that. They've lived a relatively sheltered life um, up to this point. And, you know, sure enough, things just go sideways. I won't spoil exactly what happens, but um, needless to say, it's not a super smooth trip. Um, and I was say, is it is it ever? Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it never is. And the way that some of these relationships unfold, um, and some of the choices that you can make are genuinely surprising. Like I was, I was shocked that you can like make some of these these choices towards the end of the or actually at the end of this chapter or every chapter of this of this series you get a series of choices that you could have made so it'll tell you like oh you chose to do a well here's b c and d and then you're like well i didn't even know you could do c and d like that's insane so there's a lot of those in this particular episode that i was genuinely surprised by um and i wonder how many of those will actually factor into the next episode of this game and this episode ends on probably the first cliffhanger of the season which hurts because they are taking so long to release these episodes uh the first one came out in september of last year uh, 2018 uh second one in january and this one came out like at the beginning of may and the next one's not until august so uh it's it's a long time for this and episode five is like in december so we're waiting yeah, so we're waiting like a year, or I'm sorry, yeah, over a year, um, and some change for for the whole game to come out. Um, I see, and I feel like I'm, I feel like Netflix has conditioned me to the point where I'm I'm part of the binge culture hashtag binge, mm-hmm. and I I can only play these games if I can play it all the way through. Yeah, and, and honestly, normally I would be like, you know, oh man, like there's. It's you gotta be like in the conversation, and you know it's da, 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 da. but okay. So this is the main difference, and I'm really glad that you said that because that presents kind of an interesting conversation around this game. And this is something I would be curious if like anybody listening, you know, is is curious about this as well and what they have to say about it. But 
for me, Life is Strange 2, the, the story is not a mystery, really. Like, there isn't really an overarching narrative. I mean, there, there's a, there's a goal that you're trying to reach with the, the brothers. They're trying to make it to a specific destination. Um, but, but there's no mystery. Like, the Life is Strange 1 is like, okay, you know, where, you know, where's Rachel? Like, you know, the, there's a girl who's, who mysteriously disappears and one of the main characters is like trying to find out where she's gone. What's, what's happened to her? Um, and that's a, it's a big mystery on like where this person has gone. Um, you know, what is going on? Who is, you know, who is like doing these horrible things to these high school students? That's kind of like, and, and in between each episode last year, um, people were talking about like, you know, they were having fun dissecting and like, you know, oh man, here's the clue in this episode and it might be this in episode four or five or whatever. There's not really that type of conversation in this series or in this season um, of, of the game because there's no mystery. So I would say that maybe last in Life is Strange one, I'd be like, oh man, like you got to play them as they come out. But this, this one, I'm like, you're probably you might be better off like just waiting honestly yeah so yeah it's it's very good though and i think it's criminally underplayed i'm not seeing it get as much attention as i saw uh, life is strange one get and maybe that will change when it's all out and people can play it just straight through i'm hoping that's the case so how how long did it take you to how long does it typically take you to get through each episode three hours See, that's honestly not bad. Yeah, yeah. And and there's it's five episodes, right? Yep, five episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, and I should note that the first episode you can get for like I want to say seven dollars or something, six or seven dollars, and but the 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 rub is that you have to pay the season pass. Like you can't buy the episodes piecemeal. That's not something I knew beforehand. So I bought the first episode thinking that like, oh, I can just like, you know, buy them at $7 a piece instead of paying like, cause I don't like paying things up front that I'm not getting immediately. So, you know, it was kind of bullshit to me that I had to like kind of shell out like 25 bucks or however much it was for the season pass to get the two through five since they don't sell them individually. Oh, so after you buy the first episode for seven bucks, then in order to get the rest of it, like even if. Wait, oh, so at that point, did they stop selling it, like, episode two and three separately? They just straight up didn't do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was really confusing because when episode two dropped, um, I couldn't purchase it. Like, I couldn't just search for that uh, individually. Like, it wouldn't come up. It would just show me the two through five bundle. And sure enough, they weren't, like, very transparent about that beforehand. They had to come out after people complained about it. They had to come out and... Go like, oh yeah, by the way, like we're only offering the rest of the episodes in this bundle. So it's like, all right, like you couldn't buy four or something, you know? Yeah, that's a little underhanded. I don't know about that one. Yeah, it, it was. It honestly was, and I wasn't cool with it. Um, the only reason why I did is because I've, I've kind of trust don't not at least in terms of the, the quality, but they, but that was an outlier. That's not something that. I do normally. I, I typically don't do that. So let me ask you this. Um, with how this game is set up, 
mm-hmm. and with how Netflix is sort of like toying with doing content on their like you know on their platform like sort of like this with like the interactive media like they if you don't know if you have Netflix you could go and search for Minecraft story mode and they'll actually have the full game on it and you could play it just like how you played it like on a regular system so uh, my question is like what type of like what other games do you would you want to see like this like would you think that um Telltale could like come back and maybe like do a partnership with Netflix or like do you do you see like this this like form of you know hi, like this weird hybrid of gaming slash interactive media like do you see it really taking off or is it still like a niche thing? I feel like it's still kind of niche. Like I mean I I don't think that and I think it can only go one way. I, I think that. With things, games particularly like this, um, yeah, they can only be games. Uh, Black Mirror tried this a few months ago with Bandersnatch, and that was the Netflix show that had the one episode or special episode where it was like a choose your own adventure book, but it was just in the form of a Black Mirror episode. And I don't think that works as well because, um, games or movies cannot be like games they're i feel like they're far less successful at being that than games are being like movies if that makes sense um i don't know if i phrased that correctly but it's it's very i i only think that's a one-way street um i wish that adventure games were more popular because you know some of my favorite franchises are you know I've, i've explained numerous times phoenix wright life is strange um the escape trilogies uh 999 like those are some of my favorite most enjoyable memorable gaming experiences but i mean i also acknowledge that those aren't games that most people like to play you know um i certainly hope that they get popular um and i think as far as i know this particular iteration of life is strange is doing well don't not i think has come out around the episode one or two and been like you know hey this is actually doing like really well for us right now so i'm happy i'm happy about that but i mean i hope it continues i don't think that there are a lot of games doing what they they're doing um whether that's through gameplay or through the content that they're delivering because i think that's important too like they're they're not only delivering an adventure game like in the vein that you're talking about they're delivering this um this plus tons more content that we don't see like lgbt uh relationships um racial issues um the state of america at the moment like there is a lot of heavy stuff that they're not afraid to tackle um and they do it really really well yeah because i mean i like i said like i i'm definitely gonna check the game out because you know i really like life is strange one Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely a game that I specifically remember binging through because I think I was, I either had like pneumonia or like I had like some sort of like sickness where I was like stuck in bed. Yeah. And, but like I was still like, I think I, I caught it where it was like not where I like, I was like sleeping the whole time, but I could still do something. You do but something I, now. yeah, so I still specifically remember like going through the Life of Strange games and like enjoying it. Yeah. So, and that, and not even just life life is life is strange like um the with the telltale games with you know walking dead with 
Tales of the Borderlands. Um, I, I didn't finish their Batman series, but I played, I think, maybe the first two episodes. First episode or second episode was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool little subgenre. Um, yeah. It's, it's very cool. And I think that it works best. When because I don't know if all of those games work. Like I think I don't think I think they work to varying degrees. Like the you said it yourself with the Batman stuff. That that was a game that I played a little bit of as well. Like some of those games, and I mentioned it before, but the strings are so important. Um, and I think you have to make it feel. You have this balancing act of making it feel like a game, but like like a traditional video game, but also the narrative hooks have to be strong enough to justify the fact that it isn't quite what you would expect in a quote-unquote traditional video game. And I say the quotes because, like, I think that these are video games. Like, I would argue to my death that these are legitimate video games um, and not just walking simulators or, or whatever. Like, these these things are it, – it is, like you said earlier, it's interactive media. That's, that's literally what it is. Um, and, and on its face, that's what video games are, you know? Like – there's a feeling of like of uh, involvement and intensity and like uh and, and fear and joy and sadness that i get like from you know normally from movies that this that life is strange gives me like that's uh, that's unique you know that that is a unique thing that i don't feel in a lot of video games typically like video game stories i think have a generally speaking a long way to go like they're getting way better you know I think God of War, Horizon, and um, at Last of Us, I think they've all like proven that you know story matters. I think Sony's first-party studios particularly do a pretty decent job for the most part. Now they're not all homes runs like <laughs> Days Gone, but um, <laughs> but you know, but they but we do have games that are getting better, and you know, I I always will shout out. Um, games like life is strange for that because they do feel grounded all those the three games that i just listed outside well i mean even last of us to a certain extent but i think that's kind of sort of grounded and and sort of tackle um grounded issues i think life is strange really truly is a story about adolescence um and 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 growing up within that like i mean you you truly do have to in life is strange too you truly do have to lead your brother along different paths and and one thing that i failed to mention last week that i want to mention very quickly here that i think is super cool and super important is that daniel your little brother is actually tied to the decisions he makes are actually independent from the individual episodes so what i mean by that is that whatever you teach your brother throughout the course from episode one all the way up to now episode three You'll tell him to do something or not do something, and he has the opportunity to disobey you if you have presented com- conflicting messages or if you're proven to be like, like, you know, like a hypocrite or something like that. Um, or if you're not consistent in your values in any way, like, um, I, there's some nuance there, obviously, but like, I love that. I love that. Like, if I'm a, I'm an asshole brother, like, He's going to realize that like it's a part of the story now that he's like becoming his own. He's like nine years old, but he's like so he's a child, but he's in this he's thrust in the situation where he has to grow up like and 
the the AI behavior reflects that, and the decisions that you make that you try to make for him. Sometimes he feels that you know maybe he can make them himself, and I think that is a powerful tool. That's something that you can only get through something like games, because through film, I think stuff like that has obviously been depicted numerous times very successfully, but to implement that in your gameplay, I think is very unique. I think what it is, it's the the ability of having the choice to do something like that and have it affect the arc of the story. Exactly. Because with, you know, with a movie, everything is as, you know, as like the director or the writer like puts it out to be. So right. At the right. end of the day, is more or less like what we choose to interpret from that, but exactly. we can interpret more from our own choices. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. So, yeah, that's uh, Life is Strange Two. Thanks for letting me talk about that again. Uh, I know oh, I talked yeah. about it two weeks in a row, but I, I really I felt like I missed a couple things last week, and I really want to make sure that I gave it its um. It's it's due because it it truly is really great and I think in some ways like I said last week in some ways I think it's better than than one which is I I, I don't even believe I'm I can't even believe I'm saying that because I I'm such a giant giant fan of one I played through it three three times maybe um two or three times and it's it's really really great and so hopefully they stick the landing so yeah. And I was gonna say every time you, I don't know, every time you talk about uh, Life is Strange, but like anytime I I really sit down and think about like these episodic games, mm-hmm. I always come back to like uh, me playing Asher's Wrath. Mm, I should have completed that game. Man, what a game! Like if um, I'm not sure if it's backwards compatible on Xbox One yet, but if you still have a PS3, still have an Xbox 360. And you're into these type of games that's sort of like, you know, um, like more or less narrative driven. Yeah. Uh, because this is like a, it's a, it's a twist to this type of game. Um, Asher's Wrath is like an episodic game, but it's like an anime. And like they really take pretty, like, they take themes from animes, like having like a, like a mid roll sort of kinda, or like having like a, um, you know, hap- what's happening on the next episode type of preview at the end of each episode. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, being, being someone that, you know, I, I love watching anime, I love reading manga. Uh, it was, I thought it was a really cool experience. And instead of it being like, you know, you choose what you're saying and everything, it's a, it was sort of like a quick time event game where, you know, while you do, while like certain scenes are happening, you would have to hit certain buttons for the character to, actually attack or move out of the way so similar to like the naruto games like if you played any of like those boss battles and any of the naruto games that came out a couple years ago you know really similar to that um but i don't know i just quick shout out to that game always have always have fond memories of that except for the ending because the ending isn't good yeah, but then they released the ending as DLC. As DLC, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that's uh that's what I've been playing, Chris. What you been playing, man? Well, 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 well. Um pretty small week. I really didn't play too much, but I do want to highlight a couple of things I did play and an event that I went to. So um we can sort of both talk about this. Uh Overwatch is uh running an event right now. 
and we did stream it on the Facebook page. So quick shout out to everyone that checks us out on the Facebook page, on the streams. Um, and then also to announce that we, you know, not only do we do, you know, these podcasts, we do the streams and on the streams, you'll see some or see or slash hear new voices because we have some new people on the team. We have, uh, you know, good friend James, who's been on the show recently, about two episodes ago. And um, if you follow the streams, uh, another good friend uh, said he's been on the streams, uh, you know, helping commentate, helping, you know, shoutcast. And I was like, you know what? You're, you know, they both have like a passion with, you know, um, interacting with everybody and playing games and streaming. Let's, you know, bring them on and just, you know, have fun. So I feel like, you know, they're really good picks. So definitely check them out. Check out the Instagram pages. Uh, and it, I think Overwatch was pretty fun that night. It was. We played, yeah, we played a couple of matches. Um, you know, I had to, I had to show off my Baptiste, you know, I, I, I think I, I do pretty well with them. I, I think your Baptiste is, is really solid. And I'm, I genuinely mean that. Your, yes. your Baptiste is better than mine. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I just it, Overwatch is the type of game that I I literally just play it just for the leisure. Like if I wanted to, I could like focus down and like play ranked and everything like that. But I know at one point, seeing like you play ranked and seeing like other friends play ranked, and you guys seem miserable. <laughs> like <sighs> you guys would, you know. I don't want to say rage quit, but it just didn't seem like a good time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it was and I have no I have nothing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, so I told myself I'm just gonna be a filthy casual. Like I'll watch Overwatch League, I'll play, you know, quick play, but yeah, I'll leave I'll leave all that heavy lifting to you guys if you guys want to do ranked. But at the same time, I ain't no you know, slouch. I can still, you know, hold my own and everything like that, but uh, Overwatch, I think we were talking about this on the stream. It's this is the third anniversary event, right? Third anniversary came out in 2016. Yeah, wow, time flies. So, I mean, in three years, like, what? Do you, let me ask you, like, what do you? How do you feel about Overwatch just in general? I still love the game. It's unparalleled, like in terms of the feeling I get when the teamwork is actually on point. Like, it's just. You know, just chef's kiss, right? Like it's it's almost perfect. Um, and I, but I mean, I think on the flip side of that, it you know that depends on the kind of team that you have. A lot of times, you know, if you don't have the team, and then that sounds like such a an obvious thing, like an obvious statement to make. But I mean, it is especially true in that particular game. Like if it, one bad apple can certainly ruin that bunch. Um, and you just don't know it. And they've tried to implement things like Group Finder, and they're about to implement a 2v2v2 um, roll queue. I'm sorry, not 2v, but um, 222. So meaning like two tanks, two healers, two uh, DPS. And that's going to be a roll queue. So people can not, they'll be not able to switch out. So maybe that makes it better, but I'm not quite certain if it will, because then that means that people can't flex to different um 
to different type of types of composition. I mean, uh, they they can't I see. Like, I'm I'm for it because I feel like it's going to promote. It's in, it's going to promote more entertaining comps as opposed to like you know the current goat comp where it's it, it's it's so cut and dry. Once you see it happening, you sort of know what to expect. But if they're gonna do two two two, then I mean, it's not going to be more interesting comps. It'll be just more. It's just gonna be two two two. Like you can't, you won't be able to have only like one TBS, maybe three tanks, two healers. You won't be able to have like you won't be able to do goats anymore. You won't be able to maybe triple DPS, two healers. I'm not saying like that's the best solution all the time, but or most of the time. But like you don't have that freedom to do that anymore. Like I get why they're doing it. I just, I'm just gonna have to see it in action. I'm just gonna have to see it like. What I I sort of I sort of look at it like um like when you look at professional sports like you can't have all quarterbacks on a field at the same time or you can't have like all centers on on the court if you're playing mm-hmm. basketball so mm-hmm. um I I feel like it's gonna add structure to these matches because I I'm like not only am I thinking about um, just regular like comp games, regular quick play games. I'm also thinking about Overwatch League because everything that they do with these changes will eventually reflect in Overwatch League. And um, I feel like this change will add some sort of structure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these players are smart. If they, I feel like they, we have enough, we have uh, enough characters with varied kits that they'll find some sort of way to sort of offset that. So, like, we have certain healers that could also complement and damage. We have some tanks, you know, that are off tanks. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's something, like you said, it's something that down the road we'll have to see how it works. But I'm optimistic about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll have to just see. I am, I am very curious on what that's going to be like in Overwatch League. Um, I know Alana talked about it last no, two weeks ago, but you know, I I don't know. It, it, we'll have to see how the matches go. Like I I do generally like two two two. Like I'm not super against it. I'm against the limiting of options. That's that's my thing. But I do think that, like you said earlier, I agree that you know it'll you know, hopefully force some sort of, um, uh, order and that's cool. What I want more than any of these like roll lock cues though is like roll SR. That's what I want because like, I hate that my SR is just, just attached to my person no matter what. So like, you know, you have like, I would like to my healer SR to be different than my tank SR and then that to be different than my DPS SR. So I don't feel like I'm like, wrecking the team if i'm like you know hey sometimes i want to play a character that maybe like i haven't played as much of yet and i haven't had a chance to to test them out in comp yet in the comp environment I'll say, because i say nah you got to do that in quick play yeah but it's a different it's, it's a different world than quick play you can it's a different world like that and that's kind of the thing is that like people are people other people are messing around like you're not getting people communicating on comms like you don't like you know, I'm not saying you can't have good quick play games. I have we we had good quick play games. I think last night, you know, like we faced some really good teams who beat us and teams who we beat them. You know, pretty convincingly, convincingly, and we had like some some good um, 
tiebreakers, or not tiebreakers, but like close matches. So, I mean, you could have good games and quick play, but you just, the, the roll of the dice is just, it's, it's too often. Um, and so there'll be sometimes I want to play a character I normally don't get to play. And I don't want to feel like I'm wrecking the team or my own SR if it's like, if it's like that. So I, I, I would prefer role specific SR. I, I think that'd be good. Or just a massive reset because people are playing with like, Someone like me who has played, I would say, most every season. I think I've only missed, like, two seasons at this point. So I think they're, like, 15 or 16 now in terms of seasons. Yeah, about 16. Yeah. So it's like you're using all of that SR weight. Like, that's insane. And everybody knows that, like, the seasons don't really mean a whole lot in terms of, like, where you get placed. You can lose all your comp or all your placement matches and like get placed around the same that you placed before. Same thing if you win. You don't get placed like you might get placed like ten or twenty SR higher, but you know, it's not a huge deal. So Yeah, and it, it sort of messes up people that like like for me, for example, like I started playing, but then I played with people that I don't know. I, they, they didn't really take it seriously. So my placement matches were pretty bad and then uh, just over time, I feel like I learned, I got better with my game sense and I got better like picking, just be playing flex and like picking what the team needed. So I feel like now, you know, where I am, like the SR rank on my old account is different from like where I'm actually playing now. So like whenever I'm playing with people that, you know, play in like diamond or masters are like, Oh wow. I like how you're playing with such and such character. I'm like, dang. Am I really doing that good? All right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It gives, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But, yeah. So, yeah. This is the um, this is Overwatch's anniversary event. So, they are opening up, like, a bunch of old skins. So, if you wanted to, you know, get some skins through loot boxes, not promoting buying them, of course. I'm just saying while you're playing, you know, doing event stuff. Uh, you have a what, chance are you, what, what are you against gambling? <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop talking about loot boxes before we get taken down in other countries. Oh right. <laughs> have a bill proposed to stop mm-hmm. loot boxes. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's a cool event. I like. Um, it's always good every year when they come by, and I like being able to catch up on some of these events that I missed out on, or at least the skins that I the missed skins. out on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Bring back everything that you've done over the ca- the past like year and have the opportunity to to get stuff. So that's really cool of them to do that. Yes. A lot of it is at reduced prices too. Like if they're, I think if they're skins from the year that just passed, I believe they retain the the gold value of like three thousand. But if it's anything past that, they get like severely reduced. I think like one thousand coins, which is I think I'm not seeing that. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. So if you've been hoarding your coins, you know, getting dupes like I have, you might as well go ahead and you know treat yourself. Yeah, for sure. Should we talk about the new implementation that they've just put in? Yeah, sure. Which which new implementation? So we're talking about the workshop here. So. Oh yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Go ahead and bring that up. Yeah. So the workshop is basically Overwatch's mode to kind of like make any sort of creative mode that the player wants to make so you can kind of mess with the the settings um so i know there's a popular one that the first debuted which was like the floor is lava or something like that 
um, where like you you literally couldn't. I think you were Farah and maybe one other character, and like you couldn't hit the floor. Um, I'm not I'm not even sure if like you were supposed to kill people in that mode, but I think you were. But um, it's like a death match, but like just you have to be in the air. Um, and for example, for this anniversary event, they actually created they have like Blizzard created modes where one of them is. I forgot what it's called, but it's like it's like a three-person um, rotation, I think. So it's like, or maybe it's more. It's like every time you kill someone, it's a free for all, and it's like eight players. And every time you kill someone, you become a different character. So like, I start off as mm. Ash. Everyone starts off as Ash, like everybody. And then as soon as I get a kill, I get switched to Soldier, like mid mid fight. So like, you get your health back, your re- your ultimate. Um, gauge is reset um which actually is super fair because if you're having a hard time you could just like on a particular character you just build that ult and hopefully get a kill and then switch the characters so that's actually brilliant i was gonna say that's definitely what's that that's like gun game and battlefield it's like that that modes in like in other fps games that's uh, pretty cool. uh oh i i didn't know that that's cool I'm, I'm sure it was it didn't seem like super super original but like for this game it seemed kind of cool. oh yeah it's really cool yeah um, um it's, it's typically like the game in like call of duty where you start off with like a really whack gun and like you get a kill and you get you know a better gun and it just keeps going up until and then finally you have to get like a knife kill or something like that yeah so there, there's two as as of this recording right now there are two in the rotation that's one of them i found that one really fun um because it, it helps you play different characters um and especially on the fly like that's really cool especially because it happens in mid-match like you don't go to a, like a respawn screen or anything like that you just straight up get spawned in um so and they, i think they prevent insta killing by like kind of making you invincible for like kind of disappearing invincible for maybe half a second and then like you pop in and like you are that character so um and then the other mode they have is very similar it's another free-for-all mode but instead of like changing characters when you get a kill Everybody is the same character for like five rounds, and whoever gets the most kills at the end of those rounds wins. So like, first round is Zenyatta, everybody's Zenyatta. Second round, everybody's McCree. Stuff like that. So, oh, it's, okay. yeah, it's kind of neat, and it's and it's round based too. So that's it's cool. It's on a timer, so, so it's neat. So are those two particular uh, game modes? Are they like on a rotation, or is it just like? Oh, like can you play other modes as well so you can play other modes if you look through the custom browser but as of right now those are just the two modes that are being promoted i believe those are the ones that are um blizzard created and uh and, and those are in the um not the quick play the arcade section right now okay yeah that sounds actually pretty good i think that might be something that we stream at some point yeah it's really fun yeah so um so yeah so we've played overwatch um now it's pretty fun i also went to controllerize press start which if you're in the atlanta area it is a gaming slash music slash beer slash food slash good time on monday nights uh and it's really chill it's really laid back uh if you follow us on the instagram page um we did like a live story so definitely add us uh or follow us on instagram so that whenever we do go events 
you'll sort of see like what's going on and see if you're you know into those type of things. But also uh, follow uh, Game Master Herb. He's the you know one of the guys that helps run some of those events. And uh, I don't know, just it's and, pretty and cool. He was on. He was on last week. Yeah, he was on last week. It's pretty cool with like the uh, variety of games that you can play there. You know, you have a station set up for Smash Brothers. I saw Mortal Kombat 11, Mortal Kombat 10. I saw Street Fighter 5. I saw Street Fighter Third Strike. I saw Mario Kart like on the SNES. Um, and then for a minute, like I was playing, like there was an arcade stick that was just open. So I was like, oh, cool. Let me hop on and play. And I was playing, um, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. That was on the SNES. So good times, really. Like they, they're like different games for different people. So you don't have to really feel forced if you wanted to, if, if you don't like playing, you know, fighting games. Uh, there's station set up where if you wanted to play a different type of game, you could do that too. Um, and then also there's tables there. So all of this stuff is set up at Monday Night Brewery, the garage. So they have like this big event space where, um, you, you know, you have the tables set up for the gaming consoles. You also have tables set up where if you just wanted to chill and relax, you could do that. But then there's also tables where you have, you know, people playing Uno. People playing dominoes, people playing spades. Uh, <laughs> like nice. it's, it's really like just, you know, a really laid back chill event. And then there's also really dope music. So if you listen to like lo-fi hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Like really cool vibes. Uh, they have that going and they also have different DJs, um, and different producers, like, you know, running sets throughout the night. So, um, some people have like their own, like, you know, feel or music, uh, or like just like personal taste of their music. And you can sort of tell with each, you know, producer or DJ that goes up. And it's, it's a cool event. Like you, like this is what Atlanta needs. This is what we needed for a while. Uh, so definitely come out, you know, support, you know, controllerize support, um, Monday night. If you haven't had Monday night's beer, shout out to them. Really God, good yeah. stuff. Oh, so good. Nerd Alert is the best. Oh man, I think my favorite. What's their um? It's like a uh, the, they have like a blood orange one. I think. Oh yes, yes. I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check them out and um, check out Game Master Herbs. He runs other events throughout the week too. So uh, shout out to him. But. Great time. Um, I think on Mondays, I might. I, I think at this point, you know, it, I've had so much fun these past two Mondays that I might, like, exclusively make that my Monday night thing. Mm, what Nice, man. Nice. So, because, I mean, it's, you know, you get to meet new people. You get to network. You get to uh, just talk to people that are like you, that have a similar interest. So. Yeah. I just think it's cool, especially we had Herb on last week, and he talked a lot about it, and um, I haven't – unfortunately, I have not had a chance to go yet. Um, I had something I had to do that Monday night, but I do plan on going very soon. You and I will likely go together, um, and and I'm really looking forward to that just because it is such a cool experience that you know they – they're, they really, like you just said, it's a bunch of people gaming together. But not only that, but it's like the variety of games, kind of like Herb was saying last week, you know. Um, 
you get to meet people who are playing all kinds of different things. Like that is incredible. That's a truly a great site to see. And it's like people are doing other things too. It's like, yeah, they're gaming, but they're, they're talking. They're, 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 they're having social time and like networking and listening to music and sharing all of their interests. You know, I think that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, this past week, one of the MCs, one of like one of the hosts, um, Mike Sick, he over the last, I think, couple months, I think around, um, I want to say it was like November-ish or something or December, uh, they went out to Japan and you know ran a couple of events over there, and then their very last day recorded a music video, and he you know premiered the music video that night. So like they're doing stuff like that. Um, What's cool about this past week was that they, I guess they're partnering up with a new guy. I'm not sure if that's, if it was just exclusive to last week or if he's going to come back, you know, you know, every other week. But he has, like, if you ever seen pictures of people that go to those silent, like, R&B parties or silent hip hop parties, like those headphones, mm-hmm. he, he had those set so that if you wanted to watch the anime that they were streaming on the wall, you could listen to that. Or if you wanted to listen to the music that was being played, you could change the channel and listen to that too. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. That's insane. I had yeah. no idea. Like this is so, that is so awesome, man. Yeah. So it's definitely cool. Like seeing, you know, um, like I followed them for about, maybe a year at this point, maybe two years. Like I've, I've heard of their events before, but like started going to their events maybe about a year and a half ago. So seeing them like going from like smaller venues. to like this big venue at Monday night, like it's, it's definitely cool seeing the come up for these guys. So, uh, once again, definite shout out. If you're in Atlanta or if you ever plan on visiting Atlanta and you're, you know, here on a Monday night, <laughs> come through on, Come through to Monday Night Garage and check them out. It's, uh, I think, from 9.30 uh, to around t- uh, 12.30, uh, 1 a.m. So That's perfect. So good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, 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 need to, we need to hook that up, man. We're, we're going to go do that for sure. Well, you've done it, but I'm going to go do it. And, <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. Yep. Can't wait. And then last up. Um, for my what you've been playing is um, a game that I picked up called Desert Child, which hey. yeah. So Kirk last, talked about that. Yeah, so um, I think it was off air, but he sort of like, gave us like you know a quick little like rundown of games that we should look out for and pick up, mm. and he sort of sold me on Desert Child, which like had like a their the opening for the game or like the trailer that they put out was like in the theme of Cowboy Bebop. Which mm. like sold me instantly, which is really cool. And you know, you're playing as like a black protagonist. Another plus for me. Really cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh and then like the game has really good music. Uh it has like um like eight bit type lo fi music. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool stuff. But it's it's also like sort of like a racer slash shooter game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's where, like, it sort of gets repetitive for me. So um, it's a game that you could right now pick up on the PS4. You can pick it up on the Switch. Not sure if it's on Xbox, um, but and also probably on the PC. But uh, I, th- I know on PlayStation right now, they're running a bunch of sales. 
I think they're doing like something called like a double discount sale. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now it's super cheap on the PlayStation. So I sort of wish I bought it on the PlayStation. I bought it on the Switch, and I don't know. It's it's cool for what it is, but I I don't know if it has enough substance for me to keep playing it. Is it meant to be a lengthy game? I don't think it is. I think it's just something that you sort of could just pick up and play. Um, like so, so like so far, like I get what I'm guessing. What the story is is that I'm doing these races to get money for a ticket to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But like I'm spending money on repairing my my bike. I'm spending money on you know food for my character. Like I don't know, it's a lot all at once. So it's sort of like real life. So when you, you say, get, I'm sorry, go ahead. That was to say, sort of like real life where you get money for like you know doing something, mm-hmm. but then you immediately have like responsibilities that will you know sap that money away from you. Uh, <laughs> oh, this sounds like it's gonna hit really close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it? Is, and when you say it's a lot to do, is it? Is it? Are you saying like? It's a lot to manage, like in terms of systems no, and mechanics. Not, not really a lot to manage because it's it's really like you do the race, you go back to the hub world, you you might interact with some characters, but then you're pretty much preparing for your next race. So it's not really saying there's a lot to do because it's like on paper, really not a lot to do. It just it didn't really like the racing aspect didn't really hook me in. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's a game that like the the atmosphere, the music and everything sort of like got me intrigued, but mm-hmm. like in execution with the gameplay, not I wasn't really feeling it. Damn, that's that's a shame because uh, when it was mentioned to us, you know, I checked it out and it looked awesome. Like and and like you said, you know, it's got the representation that I always want, and uh, yeah. I, that that is unfortunate. I, I think I still might check it out though because it's cheap enough, you know, to where it's, it's like yeah, you know, it's like three bucks on PlayStation. So yeah, it's like I'm not gonna lose, you know, if I play yeah. it for like thirty minutes, I'll probably be fine, you know. And and like I think I picked it up on the Switch, which at the time I think was maybe maybe nine bucks or nine maybe bucks. Like anywhere between six to nine bucks, I think okay. that I spent on it. So like I'm not like. I, I, you know, that's like the a price of like me going out to eat. Yeah, I was what, uh, yeah, that's like like I, I just I won't eat lunch that day. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> sort of joking. Um, <laughs> so yeah, well, I I definitely appreciate the report on that because I was very curious. It's one of the games that um that I am curious to check out, but I have not gotten a chance to do that yet. So yeah, cool. Yeah, and then like I have a couple of other games that. Um, was on the list that okay. you know, I know he, he talked about Grip, which I have on hold. Um, GameStop, they're doing a if the game is under twenty, you could buy two for twenty. So oh, okay, yeah. So I have that on hold right now. I'm gonna pick that. I just have to figure out another game to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, at that price, so I could do the deal. I mean, you have um, so many choices. Yeah, but it has to be something good. <laughs> You're not trying to uh, super Dragon Ball heroes it again, oh, I guess. Oh yes, Jesus! I just had flashbacks. Oh man, give me <laughs> I a can, second. I, I can feel it. I can feel it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I got this week. That's all I got this week. 
Okay. All right, then, Chris. All right, so next up, we're going to go ahead and jump into the news this week. Um, I would say yeah, it's sort of a light news week. Uh, but if, uh, like I said, if you don't listen to us or this is the first time listening, uh, our news section, we sort of like to rapid fire. But if something sticks, we sort of talk about it a little more. So <laughs> this this uh, segment may go short. It may go long. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, who who knows? And I mean, really, this is normal because we're in the leading weeks to E3. Um, and it was actually something I forgot about recently, but it was, I believe it was Judges Week this week. Um, this week or last. So, oh, that makes sense. So, I mean, nobody's going to come out like announcing something insane. Like, we might get something like one or two things like in the next week or two but like we're not like there's not going to be a lot that's happening um in news wise we're we're too close to E3 Yeah I know while I was searching for news like I found more drama pieces than actual news stories Exactly so, exactly and that's not yeah. a coincidence <laughs> But um I guess to start off the news this week um Sony has announced that they are Officially getting the ball moving on making PlayStation movies, or I guess movies based, movies slash TV shows based on PlayStation properties. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about that? Well, Chris, let me tell you how I feel about that. <laughs> I actually, the first thing that I thought, and I'm not even sure if they've talked about this yet, have they announced? Anything about the Uncharted movie? Like, where, where that is going? Is it officially in production hell yet? They, they, I've, I've seen news articles mention it. I've seen them mention Uncharted and Twisted Metal. Those are the two that I've seen. Okay. Because I don't know if that movie... I was never convinced that movie was actually coming out, um, ever. But I would also say that... It, I am interested to see if Detective Pikachu was kind of like their barometer for, and knowing Hollywood, it probably was um, their barometer for like, hey, video game movies, what do they do? Like, what is this? If it had come out and failed, I don't think that we would be hearing this news right now. Um, but the fact that it did about fifty-five million, which is a pretty solid start for something like that, I think is a good indicator that they're going going to take a lot of their properties and try to convert them into movies which is sort of ironic because so many of their games are trying to be like a movies um so what it really is the uncharted thing you know um i don't know it's we've got to see you know me i'm gonna have to see directors i'm gonna have to see writers i'm gonna have to see like a plan are they gonna have a kevin feige figure like what's going on you know Uh, kevin feige is the the uh producer of uh, marvel so Marvel Studios. So like, you know, we got to know where that is all kind of headed, where it's all going. Um, and I think of the PlayStation properties, and I think a couple things might have potential, maybe. Like I think out of everything I can think of at the moment, um, I think something like Horizon Zero Dawn would be, would be cool. Um, you know, I think the story of Aloy, especially in that, in that game is, is something that could be condensed it's got a a good hook like a good immediate hook that i could see people like 
doing it in an elevator pitch and it's got a couple good twists in there where it's like, ah, okay, like I can see that playing well, like on a whole in like in the mainstream. It's hard for me to see a lot of other properties from them. Like, didn't sure. Ratchet and Clank have a movie? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they did. I didn't didn't watch it though. Apparently, it wasn't great. Oof. So, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're right. There, I mean, just thinking about it now, um, there's a couple of properties that like straight up come to mind. That would be really good, like summer blockbusters or some movies. I mean, some properties that would be pretty cool TV shows. Um, I think Twisted Metal might be an interesting TV show if they take it along the lines of Black Mirror, where, like, every episode is based on a different racer. And, like, the whole uh, premise of, like, Twisted Metal is, like, they're doing this death race to get, like, a wish granted but that wish gets granted, but then gets twisted somehow. Hmm. I didn't even think about the TV aspect. Like I was strictly thinking movies. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, huh. I think Uncharted would be, of course, like you know, the perfect summer blockbuster. Gotta be. Like that's a that's that's a given. Yeah. Um, you have stuff like Infamous. That would be pretty cool, bring it to the big screen. Yeah. It, yeah. You know what? That would probably work because that would fulfill the whole superhero thing. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, like Metal Gear. Well, I mean, is Metal Gear Sony? That's not Sony, though. So, And then Konami, they don't really know what to do with their franchises. So, I thought a, I Metal, I thought a Metal Gear movie was being made or trying to be made. I'm for it if they uh, if they get the right people behind it. Metal Gear is so fucking weird, though. Like it's it's <laughs> it's. I mean, it's, I love I love Metal Gear. I love it, but it's just so like left field and weird. Like I could see. Okay, so if it was the '80s, like I could understand. Like I could see that movie coming out. I just can't see a twenty a twenty twenty ish film coming out like playing straight like i just couldn't i just can't see it like 80s early 90s sure like that seems right up like right up their alley like you know in in terms of time period but i don't know man i i mean hey maybe i'm proven wrong and it ends up being great but it's just so weird here's my question would you watch a metal gear movie that isn't it doesn't have Hideo Kojima behind it? I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know what's crazy is that that would be the ultimate like that would be the culmination of everything that Hideo Kojima has done up to this point. He has lived his life wanting to be a movie director so bad, so bad. And I and I don't say that in a disparaging way. I mean, I think it's admirable. He's got his heroes, and he has some like really bizarre pull, like for some reason in Hollywood. Like it's it's insane. I, I don't. He's never directed a film to my knowledge, and he's also, but he's like really good friends with a bunch of like Hollywood people, like super mainstream Hollywood people, like Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro, and like fucking Mads Mikkelsen. Like what? Like, I don't even understand, like, how this is a thing, but, but people really, 
people really love him and know him. And I think that's great. Like he uses his connections to like really get people invested in his stuff. So I think that he could like the more I kind of talk about it and think about it. I think he could certainly could get a movie off the ground like that. And I would be more interested in a Metal Gear movie in that sense. I don't know if I'd be, you know, it's like why I didn't play Metal Gear Survive or one of the reasons why I didn't play that. <laughs> you know? is, is, that is that the reason why? Uh, one of many. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, maybe, but I, who knows? That's like you said, it's probably not even Sony. It's probably not even a Sony property, really. Yeah. Um, so. So it, that's that's left up in the air, but uh, I guess we'll hear more about it, you know, down the road. Um, I don't see us hearing anything too much about it at E3, but probably something at their PlayStation Experience. Yeah, maybe something like like a roadmap, maybe of like yeah. what, what they got planned or what they want to do. I could see them trying to do like one of because I mean they pretty much have everything. Like you said, Ratchet and Clank. They got uh, Jack and Dexter. I hope not. But um, <laughs> what Crash Bandicoot? You know, what? Mm, that's Activision though. Oh, you're right. You are right. Absolutely. Wow. I don't know why I associate Crash with Sony, but um. Hmm. Oh, because the original PlayStation games, I think, were exclusive at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so. yeah, that's definitely a time will tell. You know, we'll update the story as more information comes out. Um, next up, Sony and Microsoft are actually working together on something. Mm. Yeah, something very specific, right? Yeah. So they're working on a cloud service. Yeah. Um, this is something that we're going to really see come to fruition once we jump into the, geez, we're, we're, we're at that point where we're talking about the next gen. Yeah. Um, when there's something that they're working on for next gen, um, I think that's at most what they've said so far. Like it's, it's really a developing story that they're going to be working together on some sort of service that, you know, I guess will work on both systems or something. Uh, but apparently this is something that the higher up executives worked on. Like apparently a lot of, uh, you know, you know, boots on the ground, a lot of like lower level employees had, n- they had no idea that this was working or in the works. Mm-hmm. So, um, once again, another story that's, you know, developing, we'll talk about it more, but like, I'm all for it. Yeah, it is worth noting that it's the Azure technology um, that Microsoft has. It's their proprietary cloud service, uh, their software. And, and I mean, I really don't – I mean, I, I don't think we're going to start seeing, like, Microsoft games on Sony platforms or vice versa. That's not what this means. Like, some people – you know, I've read some people saying things like that. Um, no, that's – absolutely not but this means that basically all this is which i mean it's not insignificant i don't want to make it sound like it's some small thing like it's a big deal because sony's a really big customer that microsoft now has um for this like they're literally throwing revenue into them so um i mean it's a it's interesting for sure Uh, but i mean essentially they just want to have they want to have a place to safely and securely house their um their cloud uh, services for next gen they want to they're getting ready to do that i mean this is like kind of the 
official first steps kind of towards that future. Um, and you know, as we talked about on the show, they've already revealed their, their map. Like we kind of know where they're going to go. So this is, um, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Here's, Here's the thing. The way you said that, would this technically sort of be like how Microsoft had to work with Sony with the Blu-ray technology? Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly like that, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. it's them working together, but not really working together. So it, it's, it's, it's time will tell, honestly, with that. And yeah, now that I think about it like that, it's not really that big of a deal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't, and I think a lot of the, the, the pressure. So, you know, earlier you said like people, you know, didn't know like on either side, um, which is true that they absolutely did not know that. Um, and I think the, a lot of the reason why people were concerned is because people were wondering, like, especially on Sony's side, they were wondering, well, do we have to rewrite like all of the shit that we just did for, the cloud service we may have been we were developing like for ps5 like the other stuff like we were just really worried so i think that's purely speculation on my part i I don't know anything like you know i don't know inside information but um that to me seems like kind of all that that is so less like you know oh my god like we're with the enemy and more just like do we have to redo all this work that we just did like trying to launch this console next year um so I think that's more of what it is. Um, but like you said, time will tell. Yeah. And last up, we have, um, once again, the Epic Game Store in the news. And this time, it's based on the Epic Game Store's summer sale that's going on right now. Um, so if you're on, you know, on the PC, or if you want to get some PC games for a pretty cheap price, they have games on sale already right now but if the game is 14.99 and above then epic themselves are footing the bill on this but they're discounting you know what you buy by 10 bucks mm. so um you know you're getting games for cheaper but then also for some strange reason this also works on pre-order games hmm hmm so you're yeah. saying so you're saying that people will get like if something's twenty five ninety nine, they're gonna get it for what, fifteen bucks. Exactly. So okay. Before I comment, what, what do you have to say about this, Chris? I think that it is a it's a ballsy move because this is their first like big summer sale. So of course they had to do something big to like reel people in to get people to buy stuff on this store and i honestly think that's all is all it was all about you know the publishers developers they weren't necessarily losing money because uh epic was paying they're they're basically paying for that discount Mm -hmm. um but i feel that the controversy happened because uh epic decided to do this without letting the developers and publishers know about it yeah for me i'm I'm along those same lines so for me i I, it it sucks because like it's just it's weird so epic games their whole thing their main thing for me like one thing that i really like about them is that they were like hey 
you know, all of our profits are going directly to the developer or more than, you know, the competitors storefronts. And now it's like, I mean, they, aren't they going to get a smaller slice of that pie with this discount? Like, aren't they? No, they're still getting paid. Like, how it normally is like epic is a ten dollar discount is coming from epic it's coming like they're directly paying from them directly from them mm, okay so it's not like a cut that you know the developers didn't know about it's more or less that um epic is just footing the bill on it so i know for certain games like i know um the vampire uh bloodlines 2 that got pulled off of the store and that's in the case of it's a game that's not out yet, and they're advertising it for being $10 cheaper. So that makes sense. You know, it's going to sort of get people riled up as like, hey, you know, why is it that such and such bought this game for 50 when if I get it somewhere else, it's 60 mm. I think that's what the argument was. It's sort of like, you know, I want to say with- dampening the brand. Yeah. But, I- oh, go ahead. I mean, it was like GCU for me, like best buy gcu right like i mean i 20 percent off any new game that's like 48 bucks you know for a brand new game 50 with tax and as opposed to anywhere else i buy that same game like it's 60 plus dollars yeah so i don't know like it's i feel like uh if they if they put the word out to the developers and publishers that they were doing a sale i feel like the pushback wouldn't have been so as intense as it is now because you know we saw stuff like um that was a uh, double fine their game was it double fine's game hades uh oh uh, super giant super giant yeah their game um completely like changing the base price of the game so instead of it being 1999 i think they upped it to 24.99 yeah, I think they yeah they increased. I think they came out later and said that like it was an an honest mistake or miscommunication or something. And uh, maybe this is bad. I, I tend to they've been pretty transparent on a lot of things in the past, um, and I don't think they've had like a public screw up like this before. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. They're also a small team. It's not like it's EA saying this. Um, so. I'm willing to believe them when they when they when they say that. But yeah, I mean it's like it's something to keep your eye on, you know? Like it's I I don't know, man. Like I I also kind of want to go back to your statement for a mo- for a moment if I can, like about like the uh, why the discourse around this was so loud. I think it, I mean, obviously you and I I think both understand that I mean people I think are just not going to like Epic Game Store. Just flat out. Like the, it's not Steam, so people are gonna hate it. And I, I hate sounding so, um, obvious with that, with that statement, but I, I mean, I, I mean, don't know. That's what it is. Yeah. It is what, yeah. I mean, it's an ecosystem that people feel like they've invested in already. They have their friends. They are familiar with it. You know, people fear what they don't understand. But here's the thing, though. Like, it's not like they're, it's not like you're being forced to buy, like, new hardware. It's literally you, you, you downloading a new client to buy, buy your games and to play your games. So in my eyes, like, it's, I honestly, I, I 
can't side with that, you know, argument of like, oh, now I have to like buy myself on another store. It's I don't know, it's weak to me. So I what guess. if you, what if you have friends like on your platform and then I mean I guess the solution is to like add me on the new Discord. platform. Yeah, well, I say, yeah. I mean, there's ways around it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they're all great points. I personally don't care. I'll you know, some people don't want 50 game clients on their on their computer like they don't want steam epic origin for specific games i think that's a large part of the problem too for them that's the name of the game at this point honestly but then okay so if it's it's the name of the game but then what every third party so every third party publisher wants that piece so then you're keeping up with so then you're dealing with – yeah, let's kind of get into this for a second. So then you're dealing with like thing, situations like Borderlands, Borderlands 3, which now has a an exclusivity window of six months. That's a long time to wait for a game like like this. Um, but, you know. who's, but here's the thing. Who's, who's going to – if they really want to play, not download a free client so that they can play that said game. Like, that's on you if you wait the six months mm-hmm. to play Borderlands. And, and it's not like you're being cut off from other people. You can still play with the same people. You just add them on the new platform. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're not, you don't have to buy anything extra. You just download it and that's it. For me, I agree with you. I, I do think you're right. And honestly, and it's, it, <laughs> I can't really argue. I can't really argue that because I mean, yeah, just just add them. Like that's that's the point. But I think some of part of me also does agree with the fear of that that like we get this segmented population of not just uh player base because I don't think player base is affected, but but I don't think, right? It's not because it's it's the same platform, it's still PC. Okay. So my thing is that, like, I don't like the idea of publishers uh, – of getting a thousand different storefronts just for each individual publisher. Um, You know, the Blizzard's got Battle.net or Battle Arena, and you've got EA with Origin and now Epic, Ga- Epic Game Store, and I'm, I know I'm missing more. I know I am. Um, with, with us shifting to the digital marketplace, that's the difference from, like, you buying a game at Walmart that, or going to Target – we're going to Best Buy, like, but please, I, what's, where's the difference? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like all your points you're bringing up, it's like, they're really good. I can't, <laughs> it's like, I can't, I, I honestly cannot argue them because, yeah, it, it, it is like that. But I also understand the, I understand the, um, the 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 consolidation the desire for consolidation like i get it like i but i don't want i don't want still ha- but it's still all on the same system the same pc that you're already on it is but like i don't want to go to walmart to go get like like uh, literally I'll, I'll bring this real world example up like i don't so there are specific food items that like I really like buying at the grocery store, but I can only go to one grocery store that's way further from my house than if I just go to the one other grocery store that's closer to my house 
but that has much shittier options. Like it has more terrible options for me. So it's like, I don't want to have to do that. Why can't I just have the same selections at the same store, same place? But, but this is, wait, hold on. So I, I, with, wait, so with your comparison of like going to like a different store that's on another side of town, it's sort of like if if this was happening on the PC, that's like me having to buy like another computer or something like that, right? Which isn't happening. You're still on the same computer that you already have. What's the difference? Hmm. Yeah, I mean it. It it is. It is a point of like. Once again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. No, I I genuinely feel like neither side is is really wrong about this. Like I, I I mean I do I think I do side more on your on your end of things, and I only say that because it, it is on its face like it's silly like you know i get it but i do worry about giving these publishers too much power like i i do that is something that i genuinely think is worrisome like i i I think for me the reason why i'm so open to it is because um let's talk a different industry let's talk phones so let's say let me think do the math about 10 years ago i was a you know avid android user like all my phones are android loved it then then came a point where you know i sort of let a phone that i had sort of get too old and it just got to the point where it was just inconvenient i was dissatisfied i was like you know what let me jump on the team apple and see what this is all about mm-hmm. little did i know 10 years later i'd still be on apple devices so at that point you're thinking dang what does that mean does that mean all the stuff that I had on my Google Play playlist, all the stuff that was tied to my Google account, does that mean that I just lose it? No. I still have all of that same stuff I can still access on my iPhone. So my same, so literally my same playlist, the same music that I imported on Google Music, I could still, you know, port over and listen to on my iPhone. My, like all of my same services, my Gmail, my YouTube account, all the same, but I'm on a different phone. Like, yeah, I understand trying to keep things the same, but when the options are are set there for you to not really, like, miss that, like, you're not really losing anything. Yeah, you have to open up another browser for something or another program, but you're still playing the same game, still playing with the same people. I think at this point, the the whole argument is that, oh, you know, Epic Games is new, you know, is there trust built there? I I can see that. But mm-hmm. I don't know, I just I just can't get behind that sentiment. At the end of the day I just want to tell people to quit crying, but I'm I'm pretty sure if I say that, you know, that's gonna fan the flames. But <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the phone example is funny because, like, I did switch, like, recently to an iPhone, um, uh, reluctantly. But, you know, I had an Android, I had a Samsung Galaxy, uh, and 
and it was not that easy to recover all my stuff. In fact, I so I have this iPhone, but I have a PC, like laptop. So um, there are, you know, there's handshaking that can that goes on, but it just seems to be a bigger pain in the ass. Where like I have to like I have to download certain apps, and I've got to make it like want to use the the iOS devices. Like, and I, my work laptop is like a, a Mac, so like. It integrating way better with that makes way more sense. It's part of the same ecosystem, right? Like it's, it's all a part of the same family. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. So, um, and so it makes it just difficult, like in my, when I'm doing personal things, like in my life, you know, like it's harder. It's, it's a little more difficult to like, you know, I'm going to have to go into iCloud. Like I, I had to download iCloud. I had to get all my I, credentials or whatever i could seamlessly do all of that on my work laptop and like have all of it kind of go you know immediately rather than like me having to download all these strenuous you know go through all these steps and everything else trying to get this to work but yeah i don't want to turn into a iphone and uh android debate like whatever about that but that's a whole different beast yeah it's a whole different show (laughs) but um but my point is just that you know, yeah, I, I understand what you're what you're saying, but like the, you know, it, it's about again consolidation and like having everything on one platform, one device. Like I get people's desire for that. I think, like you said, as we enter the digital future, like we've said that term like maybe once every single episode, I swear, but it's true because like that's where we're going. Like that's what is happening. Um. And as we continue to move in that direction, I, I think we will see more of the splintering. We're seeing it in the film industry, you know, as far as different industries go. Like, you know, Netflix wants a piece of that pie. Hulu wants a piece. And now Disney's, like, trying to eat up everything. Um, you know, like, I, I think we're seeing we're seeing a lot of different companies all trying to get on the streaming bandwagon disney's about to jo- jump in later this year with disney plus um uh who else amazon they're streaming stuff they were not doing tv they when they first came about they, that was not a t- television company but they've got a whole division now dedicated just for movies and tv and a lot of it you know a lot of it's pretty good um you know i'm missing more cbs all these uh, CBS All Access is another streaming service that's trying to get like big right now. You know, it, that's a huge, huge major American network. See, but that's the there. Right? So there's the difference because I really want to watch Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. Really want to watch it, but it's only tied to the CBS All right. was All Access. Yes. So that's that's a difference where like if we're being completely cut off from games, like. Then I'd understand the you know the uproar, but with you know with the PC stuff, like it's not like we're paying money to be on the Epic Game Store to use its client. Like it's free. I'd have a problem, of course, like if I had to pay extra money to play these games. But it's just another it's just another service, another free service. Yeah, it it is free. It is free. Yeah, I I just think that we should just keep an one eye out 
for the future because I, I just don't. I think that Borderlands three thing was kind of the start for me of just going like, huh, huh, okay, like that's, huh, it started. So you know, and, and maybe I I don't want to be doom and gloom, but you know I, it's something to 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 look out for. Man. The sounds of it sounds like I'm gonna have egg on my face, but we'll I, see. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I I don't know, I, and I don't think so necessarily. Again, I don't even disagree with with virtually anything that you said tonight. Like, you know, as far as this goes, like I, I think that you're you're right. I, I think that's the more reasonable stance is to just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna download the other free thing and add people to it, like. Presumably your friends, you'll chat with your people, get them over and, you know, you'll, you'll have fun, you know, doing your thing. But I mean, hey, Valve was, Valve is a third party, technically, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they were a company who brought their own storefront and now like they're the top dogs. And who's to say that, you know, Epic or, or, um, EA, well, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, never mind. My point is already shot because it's like those, it's a little different just because like they're like, they're already like these massive companies, particularly EA. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like EA, so, so Origin would be more or less, would be more of like the example to make about, you know, exclusivity because EA games are only on EA Origin. Like you can't get it on Steam. Uh, you can't get it on uh, Epic Games. Like, if you want like these newer EA games, they're specifically on Origin. Right. That that's where I could sort of see the the disc. Oh, actually, no. What's what's the difference? Because you could just download Origin. I mean, yeah, you could just download Origin. Um, you know, and a lot of people complain about you know, it tries to give you it tries to install a bunch of crap on your computer it's cumbersome but i mean yeah literally though you could just download it whatever like sims 4 right right now is free it's free on origin what yeah uh it's open up origin right now (laughs) so yeah i mean it's it's free and but i mean i had this conversation literally today and people were like you know ah well I got it, but like at the same time, I, I kind of almost didn't want to get it because like I just don't want to reinstall Steam or Origin and you know install a bunch of garbage and have it ask me a bunch of questions and all this other stuff. Like I just don't want to deal with that, and so like and that's people just denying free stuff because they don't want to deal with this client. So listen, listen, if it's free, why not take two? That's my stance on things. I think we can. We can end on that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what we have this week for the for the news. Um, and next up with our topics, uh, we're gonna talk about some. I guess it's something that we've sort of like talked about in the past with certain games, but I don't know. We sort of want to break down where we sort of feel about. Like access, uh, accessibility versus difficulty in a video game. So me myself, like I, I, I enjoy my games being something that I could like sit back and relax and like enjoy myself. So when it comes down to like playing the game on like super hard mode, I'm not for it. 
honestly. Like, I just sort of want to get the base experience, and I'm content with that. But yeah. then, you, you know, you have people that, you know, they, they're, you know, the adrenaline junkies, they're the ones that, like, want to, you know, get the challenge. I understand that. You know, you have your whole crowd that plays the Dark Souls games, the Bloodborns. That's just not for me, like, at all. So I feel like for me in this argument, um, I, I can sort of see where, actually, no, I, I don't agree with like having a game like Bloodborne or Dark Souls and dumbing down the experience to make it easier. I don't know. Cause I think some people argue about that. So you don't, you're saying you, you do like the Souls experience in terms of like no, no, no. the goal. <laughs> I don't like the Souls well, experience, but, <laughs> no, but, right, but, but I respect but, I respect the experience of it being like a like a game that like it's meant to be played the way it's played. Right, like you understand cognitively like what those games are trying to accomplish, like what they exactly. set out to do. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair. Because I think that they are like those games are explicitly trying to give you a feeling of reward and success in a way that I think most other games don't do. So most other games try to give you that feeling by either doing one of a couple things, which is um, either you you know watch numbers go up, whether that's like through leveling or money or something like that, some value, some numerical value that increases um, and exponentially from the time that you start to the time that you finish. Or Destiny is a great example of that. Like, just Destiny in general, fantastic example. Um, puts you on some sort of loop. Um, you know, and I, and those are immediate things, like, that will give you, like, those endorphins, right? So, what Souls does is that it gives you that adrenaline in a different way. Um, and it forces you to learn things like patterns enemy movements, um, memorization, although you don't have to memorize a whole lot. I would say, like, a lot of it can be down to reflexes. Um, it's not such a rote memorization that just, like, because you know something will happen doesn't mean that you'll completely avoid it. Like, you have to have the reflexes as well, so it makes the game feel like it's truly 50-50. That's what I really enjoy about it. And that's what's ultimately different be- between that and everything else. Um, no other games, I mean, games have tried kind of since then to recapture that. And so it's not like Souls are like, you know, the first games to do that. Like, I don't want to make it seem like they're the originators, but I would say in this modern era of video games, like, yeah, I would say that they're probably the, the chief, the, the, the kings of the, of the yard. So let me ask you, so are you also in the same boat? Like, do you feel that hard games should have some sort of accessibility? It's a really... Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and I mean, I guess that's why it's the topic, but um, I, I don't... So I'm kind of... I'm of two minds. I truly am of two minds about this. I hate I hate not picking a side. I really do. But this is the way I look at it. Maybe I'll pick a side as I talk through this. So on one hand, you've got the Souls games as they are now, which 
you know, they are difficult, but just not in the traditionally difficult way. And, you know, there's no arbitrary measure of strength or or difficulty. Like there's not it's not like that people have more health or you're just weaker. People hit harder, whatever. Like it's nothing like that. Um, it's just simply you don't know the game yet. And that's what kills you, literally. That's just the difficulty. On the other hand, the accessibility aspect, it's a slider, essentially. It's, it's a, it's a difficulty slider. And I can't imagine. So maybe I am picking a side here. Maybe I am erring on the side of don't force accessibility, quote unquote accessibility, which I think is kind of a loaded term anyway, but we can get into that too. Um, I'm what I'm not for is the difficulty slider. I'm not down for the easy, normal, hard for these games. Are we are we talking about in general? Or are we talking about these games specifically? Uh, I mean, I guess more in general. Okay, so in general, I'll say this: I typically, actually, almost every single time, unless it's like a, a super outlier, I will always, 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 always play on normal mode. Always. Same. Same. Um, if a game says like this is how the game is meant to be played, or not even that, but if it's like, this game is normal, like this is, to me, that's how the developers intended for the game to be played, um, just straight up. And that's how I take it every single time. I even played Kingdom Hearts 3 that way, and it was abnormally easy, despite me hearing like that exact thing, you know, like going into it. They were like, people people were saying like, hey, play on proud, play on proud. You're going to regret it if you don't. It's going to be a breeze. Um, and it totally was a breeze. It was, it didn't like, you know, detract or add from my enjoyment, but you know, yeah, I did notice it was extremely easy. So I, you know, going back next time I play it, I will most certainly play it on proud. I'll probably never play normal again, but to me, I can now judge that game as it, as it is because it, that is the literal normal mode. Um, so I don't have beef with games that, that have it already. Um, I would be opposed. That being said, I would be opposed to adding it to Dark Souls because if Dark Souls has a difficulty slider, I think that's fundamentally number one, not Souls, and number two, breaking the game as it is. I mean, how? I, how so? Like, is it because? Um, I guess sort of like what we were talking about earlier in the episode where these boss battles sort of have, like, mechanics that if you don't really get the mechanics, you don't really beat the fight. Right. So if you're adding, like, a layer of, you know, you know, added... I don't have to say added difficulty, but if you're making it easier where you have more health or they hit less, like, you sort of, like, tank through some of these mechanics. Then that, to me, is defeating the purpose of what these games are about. Like, it's not about just i mean it is about success it is about you achieving that but that that's that's the destination like the journey is you learning the defeat comes from not the enemy just hitting you harder or more the defeat it comes from no you didn't dodge right no you didn't block right no you didn't hit you didn't take advantage of the openings that was given to you uh, or that were given to you like you you it's i mean i it sounds harsh but death 
90% of the time in these games is your fault. Like, that is the the beauty in, in these games is that it's not... It, it it's not something where you can just go like you know, oh man, this game is bullshit. Like I can't believe like da 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 da. Like I mean, you can. I mean, God knows I do all the time. But like a lot of times I say it, I don't truly, I don't truly mean it. Um, every everything that you do in this game is self inflicted, and that's kind of the point. Everything's there's so much in these games that seems cheap. But on its face, it can't be because the game is really just telling you how it is. It's giving you the world, the mechanics, the, the, the skills. It gives you everything you need to succeed. Now, what do you do with it? That's what it tells you. Um, does that answer the question for you? No, yeah, it does. Um... I'm not sure if I'm, I was explaining that in a succinct way. Like I, I sort of want to like look at the, like the argument from like I sort of wish we had someone on this week that was f- all for the you know the difficulty slider, but I sort of feel like at the end of the day, um, well I mean shoot like I mean are you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, like, at the end of the day, I sort of feel like if, if you enjoyed yourself going through the game, like, does that, is, is that what, is that what really matters at the end of the day? Absolutely. I think that's with everything, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, in any single game you play, if you, if you're not enjoying something, like, genuinely not enjoying it, like, stop doing it. Don't, don't play the game. Like, if the game is causing you that much stress, stop, stop playing the game. Um, it's, it's, just put the controller down. But, I mean, a lot of people, See, and, and 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 I feel like that's that's you know where I came where I come from. Where it's like, you know, when everyone was all hyped up about the Souls games, and I jumped into it, and I'm like, yo, I'm not patient enough. Like I, right. like this just isn't for me. So I made the conscious effort of just not playing those games. Yeah, it, in the the games, the Souls games are not for everybody. They're they aren't. Um. And I'm not saying that you're an impatient person. I just think that that type of stuff, like that sort of style is just not super compatible with how you generally like to play games. And that is fine. Like you don't like, obviously, like I, if you, if you want everyone to play souls, I'm always going to be playing souls games with you. Like what, no matter what it is. But I also understand that like if you give it a shot and you're just like, you know, I'm not into this. Nope. Fuck this. Like, cool like that's fair you know um the games do require patience so it takes a lot to to me it's impressive that you even recognize in the first place like hey i don't have the patience for this you know like that's i think that says a lot about your character which is great (laughs) um i mean it shows that you know yourself you know your limits um and that's and that's great you know um this game rewards the things that you say that you don't that you lack um and i think that's really kind of all there is to it in terms of like these games the this the slider and and again like i don't want to beat a dead horse here but like the slider will just make things arbitrary wait so let me ask you this so let's let's not talk about dark souls or any of the bloodborne type games Let's talk about any other game that while you're playing 
you come across a point where like you know you just die to a boss or you die to an enemy and you repeatedly die and then the game does the thing where it's like hey you sure you want to be playing on this mode you know there's this other mode that you could be playing and it might just be what you need yeah i say fuck that no (laughs) Like I, I hate those messages. They seem so, so. I I don't even know what the right word. I don't want to say disrespectful. It just seems so pandering to me. Like, like who are you really talking to right now? Like, like I chose this. I know what I chose. Like, now I could understand if it's a situation where like if it like, a game just kind of started without. Like that, I might be able to understand. So in a case like that, uh, I don't even know. I was about to go back to Souls, but like in a case like if, if if a game just like started, like if it just said, "Hey, press start to begin," and then you're boom, you're off to the races, and then you hit a boss fight and you die like five times, and then there's a prompt that says, "Like, hey, do you want like this to be easier?" Fine. I can't think of any other of any instances where that's happened. I think almost every single game ever allows you to pick a difficulty at the very beginning. So like, yeah, I I would I would like to have that. I would like to have the option to switch that on the fly if possible. Um which a lot of games do allow you to do, which is great. I don't know if I really want to like prompt in the middle going like, you know, eh, I, I don't know, you're playing Wolfenstein, it's like BJ with a pacifier and a bib, like, going like, you know, <laughs> you need this little thing. I mean, because that's something that they do. Like, in that's what Wolf- they do, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to play the easiest mode? Like, and that's not, you know, that's, I, I know, I understand that it's tongue-in-cheek, but that's not how you really want to communicate to me. Like, I, you know, you want your experience to be palatable, you know? And, but I mean, but that's, again, (laughs) going back to Souls, like, I mean, they, that's what I kind of respect about Souls. It's like, with Souls, it is what it is. And that's just, like, that is the game. The difficulty is the game. The game is literally as hard as you make it. And I know that sounds like there are probably people rolling their eyes right now going like, you know, no, man, like, I... I died like 30 times like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I trust me. I promise you you can do it. You can call people to co-op with if you're having issues. Like the game gives you the tools that you need to succeed. It's about whether or not you use them to to you know, and if you have the patience like that can show you the the route to success. So like something in general, you know, popping up like that I don't particularly love it, but I mean, not the, the way I am. I it's it's I guess it's a pride thing. So it hits my pride. I'm like, no, I don't need that, and completely like you know ignore it. Say no, give me more. Actually, no, make the game harder, oh. increase the difficulty. Oh no. <laughs> I uh... yo, what if a game you know if if we have any game developers listening to the episode. Make that an option where if, if you need to, you know, increase or no decrease the difficulty, give someone the option to increase it just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. I don't even know. Like, I, are you – so you said that you're not in fa- – I mean, when you start a game, you are picking normal, right? You just said Yeah, that- I, pick, I pick normal. 
just just normal. Is there a special time or or a particular game that you feel you would go on a different difficulty? Like what what would make you pick something other than normal? You know, immediately when you said that, I was like, yo, if they can add a difficulty mode to Pokemon, I would do that in a heartbeat. And how would that be difficult because that kind of entered so the the question i'm trying to get at basically is what determines for you like what difficulty is versus accessibility like like what is difficulty to you like what in terms of pokemon would that be uh i mean that would be um like in the case of pokemon like they and it's weird because they've had this option before but Game Freak and Nintendo being the way they are, they did it in such a roundabout way. Um, so long story short, they added a difficulty mode or an easy mode in Pokemon. But to access it, you had to have either a friend or another copy of the game of like the opposite game to beat the Pokemon League and then sync to that new copy to give you that option to play like either on hard or, or on easy. Mm-hmm. So it was really dumb. Like if you had white, then I think if you uh, beat it, you could then give people the option to play on easy and vice versa. If you played on black, then you could give people the option to play on hard. And all that really was, was like changing the levels of the gym leaders, um, making them, you know, use more, uh, I guess teams that like had more battle sense. So like they use moves to set up, for other moves like they actually have like a, a a game plan so like that, that's more or less what i want something that will you know make me actively like choose my team and actually set up like set up in the matches instead of just using one or two pokemon and just powering through the game yeah so that leads me to think like you know difficulty for you and i think it's it's true for me as well that difficulty is dynamic and it's specific to the game like i don't think I'm clamoring for some sort of difficulty mode in something like, you know, Phoenix Wright, you know, like it's going to be dependent on the, on the type of game near automata. I wanted to experience the story in that game. I wasn't going to play that on hard on my first playthrough. There are some people out there who want to have that experience on their first try. I, I will almost never pick anything above a normal difficulty uh, again, and especially if it's a story related game, um, like with days gone, like, normal kingdom hearts normal like i mean like i I wanted to get through the game you know i don't what i don't want to do is to get hit a roadblock if i select hard like 30 hours in and it's like well now i can't complete the game because i can't kill this boss or i can't do this thing or whatever is blocking me arbitrarily um so and difficulty to me the first first thing i think of is health i think of health um, being depleted quicker, and I think of enemies hitting harder. That's what I think of every single time. Um, no, for me, no, it's a good, like, I guess, a a good way of, like, that's a good way of seeing it, but, like, a good example of, you know, playing something on hard was, like, OG Destiny. Like, when you had, like, the normal raids, you could really do whatever you had to do to complete mm-hmm. them. But then when you came across the hard raids, they added mechanics as sort of, like, change how you actually did the raid right so stuff like that like i'm all for 
mechanics being changed. So like bosses or enemies playing differently, um, having to you know fight a different way. But if it's only hard because um, you know that the health pool of the enemy is so high and the damage that you're doing is so low, that's not really hard. That's more or less like it's an artificial difficulty, and that's not fun. Right. Right. I mean, in an ideal world, we would get the accessibility and the the, the difficulty. Um, like I like I I would think that. Look, Miyazaki has talked about um the Miyazaki, the director of for, for the Souls games, like from at, from software. Like he's talked about. Um, and I apologize. I know I keep bringing up Souls in this conversation. I just feel like it's super relevant to this topic, but. He's talked about on numerous occasions, like, he doesn't really understand why people really want an easy mode in Souls. But at, when Sekiro released, he did say that, like, you know, we hear people that, like, really want these modes. Like, if people really, really, really want them and they're very loud about them, like, we will consider, like, you know, implementing that, like, for our future games. Um, so I feel like it's kind of getting to him, and I do think that if and when the day comes that they finally implement that mode, I do expect um, people to not be happy about that. And know what I want him to do? Mm-hmm. I, and this is the inner troll of me talking. I want him to make the easy mode to make it where it's like a god mode, where you hit everything in one hit to kill it, and they they do no damage to you. I okay because because if you're not gonna play the game right, then you might as well just have fun with it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You should always that should be the number one priority at all times is to have fun. That's the whole point. It's the whole reason that you're doing this. I hope. So yeah. So if you can't have fun with the game being the way that the game was supposed to be played, then. You know, what's to stop you from killing everything in one hit and not taking any damage? Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's more or less of me being a troll. That's the way I would have done it. it... <laughs> Chris, the developer. Um... <laughs> hey, one day, you never know. Hey, you never know, really, seriously. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know, man. I, Whenever that day happens, you know, I'm still going to play the game. So I don't really care, and I'm probably gonna play it on normal mode. That's fine. Um, but I do wonder, and I think that I genuinely do believe that would that would fan, that would fundamentally change those games um, in a way that I am not fully sure uh, it, it will have the same allure and appeal. Um, I think I don't think that making those games quote unquote easier is the better option because I don't think that they're particularly difficult games in terms of how people usually use that word. Um, they are hard. They they certainly are. But uh, but I don't think they're impossibly hard. And I don't think they're I don't think they're harder than like some of the, the basic shit that comes out nowadays. That if you put it on hard, like I think that some of that stuff is like made specifically like just to destroy you, not just kill you, but like annihilate you. Um, and Dark Souls is not like that. It's it really isn't unless you make it that way. Unless you want to do a level one run, I guess you know. But I don't know. I know it's funny. You said all that, and all I heard was "get good." 
No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't even had a conversation about that because I don't like that. What I don't like is the elitism around like kind of the community and the culture around like that phrase. I know you're joking and I know some yeah, people, yeah. <laughs> I, I know s- some people use it as a joke and that's fine, but some people are really serious about it and that is irritating to me. It's like you have to let people kind of go at their own pace and learn at their own pace and not everybody's going to have they're just that capability. Um, they're not gonna have their practice time. Pay, the, the game is something you genuinely have to learn. Like you said it yourself earlier. You said you, you didn't have the patience. I guarantee you probably would have the patience if you gave it that chance. Because let me briefly go over my history with this game. I rented it at Blockbuster when those existed. Ooh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I just dated myself. Um, and on the original 360, and I rented it for a few days, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I didn't know anything about it. I just heard that, hey, this this new game came out. It's really cool. You should check it out. It's, like, dark and gothic, and it sounds cool. So I was like, all right, sweet. I'll check it out. Checked out the box art, looked at the back, looked cool. I was like, definitely, that is that is happening. Um, put it in, played it for, like, 30, 40 minutes, and was like, nope. Hmm. absolutely not not happening like and it was just it was just me getting destroyed by the um the asylum demon and i remember it opening up and it being weird because like i typically every time i start a game i always go into the options menu first like every single time and so when like i i want to look at my pause screen just to see like what my options are and um i remember doing that and the game didn't stop like the game just like kept going and i thought that was really weird and i was like oh i don't i don't like that i guess i can't i can't ever pause what the hell and then yeah kept sure enough and then like then the game just opens with like not telling you anything explicitly you have to kind of read these messages on the ground which i actually didn't even super catch like at first i was just kind of like pressing buttons and seeing what stuff did and yeah i was i just it i found it uh frustrating to say the absolute least and i returned it and didn't touch it didn't touch the series for um a really long time and then i think one day i just was like i want to give these games a shot again um people started talking about them more and more and more and more sure enough i gave it another shot ended up loving it i came i came at it from a different point a, a different point of view different like mindset and ended up really loving the game and be and, re, and ultimately realizing the brilliance in its level design and its mechanics and it just totally worked on me and i've been a fan ever since so so i mean and, and i feel like that, and that's good because i feel like you you probably like just over time you matured and you sort of played games differently so you got the full experience out of it yeah yeah i wasn't like it was a game i had bought and i wasn't trying to complete it in the course of like four days exactly (laughs) yeah um so i yeah i approached it with a totally different mindset and and loved it man it was it was a super special experience and i think all of those games are are like that as well like there's just there's nothing like it out there like the way that the world loops in on itself um 
to the way that like people talk and have like creepy laughter. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really unique. And, and the way that it teaches you, I don't feel like games teach you much anymore. I think Breath of the Wild takes a lot of cues from that. I think, it, I think it takes a lot of cues from Dark Souls. It's a game that, that kind of just begins and you learn stuff. You discover, it's that sense of discovery that people really like. You learn stuff through your experiences. Ex- exactly. Death is an experience. Like that's what the game teaches you. Death is not something to be feared, but embraced. Like that is, is a concept that is a lot of specifically gamer people are not going to really get because i think on the whole people who like to play games are trying to complete something what do we say when we complete games we usually say oh i beat that game right like i or i whatever like it's it's about wrestling something into submission and dark souls is gonna I was going to say, no, I think I say I'd beat it. I don't think I wrestled a game. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no oh, I, I'm not. Aggressive. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying like people say that verbatim. I'm just saying like the idea is that you wrestle a game into submission. That's what you mean when you say like I beat a game. Like I made it like my own. Like I, I conquered it. Like, like people, I'm not saying people say that verbatim, but like. That's the idea, right? Like that, like they, 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 they came out on top. They are, they won. Okay. Yeah. And, and that is a concept. So when you're approaching a crowd that already has that mentality constantly and everything, like it's death is going to be hard. <laughs> like failure is going to hit very tough, very hard. Um, and I don't think it's a concept that everyone's going to get off the bat. It's something that you have to learn. And that's what I appreciate. That's something that I don't think accessibility is going to give you very easily. And you know what? And that's, that's well put, honestly. Like I, I, I definitely agree with everything you just said. Like I feel like, um, uh, you know, you're, you, you know what? And it's something that I feel like I've said in my, my outros that, you know that your your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. You you've been saying it for weeks. <laughs> I'm I'm just going off of what you said. So, <laughs> really. dang, there it is. I Dark Souls and and here I am giving life lessons. Right there it is. Yeah. So so what you're saying is that you're gonna stream one of the Souls games. I've thought about it. That's something. Oh I can, man, that might happen. Please, oh my God, please do that. <laughs> So with that, we're going to, you know, we don't want to end the conversation here, but uh, definitely join our Facebook page, you know, follow us, um, you know, shoot us a message, or if you're on Instagram, shoot us a message. Let us know what you think about accessibility versus difficulty. How do you feel about it? Do you play Dark Souls? Do you, you know, play games on easy? Do you play games where it's like only focused on the story mode? Like, let us know what your input is. And we just want to know what everyone thinks. So uh, with that, that's the end of episode 13. 13. All right. Lucky number 13, right? Yeah. So got any, you know, let's roll the red carpet onto ourselves. This is just me and you. <laughs> that's that's so sad. <laughs> I, I see it's like rolling the red carpet and like hitting a wall, looping over and then like hitting us. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but yeah, you got anything to shout out? Uh, definitely shout out to everyone who has been checking us out lately. Um, we did a quick run of the numbers, and they're really good. They're they're good, right? Um, so I, thank you to everybody who has checked us out. And uh, this this train's not stopping anytime soon. So hop on while you can. Yeah, definitely. So with that. That's Chris and Rod signing out. And once again, this is the first time you're listening to the show. You're in for a treat right now. Drink some more. Drink more water. Moisturize your ankles. Take your vitamins. Eat your greens. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's not worth it. Read more. Keep people around you that'll tell you the truth. Because those are the real ones. Be humble. Commit to things. Your greatest struggles are... (laughs) Your greatest victories? Oh. Lessons. Yeah. (laughs) Text your friends that you haven't talked to in a while. And here's a new one. Change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to help you wake up. (laughs) Wow. Thanks. Because, because, no, seriously, listen, because I know for me, when I hear my alarm, it's to the point where now it'll like melt into my dream. So I'm not really affected by it. I'm like, it's just it's just part of whatever is happening. So if you change the sound of your alarm, it'll help you wake up because you'll be like, yo, what's this random sound going on? Wait a minute, it's not part of the dream. I gotta wake up. Hmm. I think we may have found the episode title. <laughs> and last but not least, you guys, stay beastly. Peace.